Genre. To Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, part three, one heretic burning minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And joining us, uh, our, our second uh, Triple Crown returning champion, uh, yeah. Michael Gorman. Welcome. Hey, guys. Good to be back. Uh, glad to have you back. And today we are going back to minute 11, which begins with Doc saying, I never knew I could write something so beautiful. <laughs> and ends with Doc saying that uh, this reminds him of the time that he attempted to reach the center of the earth. Right. I, I mean, I think this might be one of my favorite Marty pandering to Doc moments. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know, Doc. I know. It's beautiful. <laughs> And it's it's so it's such a beautiful line delivery from 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 MJF, which I've never <laughs> called him before. Because um, I'm like, sure you have in uh, in 250 episodes. I'm sure you have. Well, it, it's so it's so wonderful because he's not he's not being condescending. Like he kind of means it, but he's like impatient. We were, we were just we were just inundated by spooky music. That's Sorry, nice. my phone rang. That's a wonderful. Um, I didn't have it on silent, and I have that sci-fi ringtone on. My my apologies. Nice. No, Leave this <laughs> in. Um, but yeah, like it, it's not it's not condescending. He's not like eye rolling. It's it's he, it's kind of like um, it's it's very paternal. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful, Doc. He, like he kind of means it, but he's like, that's not what I'm what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, now can we now can we get back to trying to get me home to my own time, please? Yeah. <laughs> which is which is a continuous theme with marty through these minutes up until a certain point a very specific point yeah everything he does it's just like yeah 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 okay can we go can i go home now can i go home now? <laughs> can we can we keep can we keep this gravy train rolling because i yeah. want to go home yeah. uh and i just i i really like that about marty there's a lot of moments this week where i'm reminded oh right he's a teenager right yeah um, right almost like they have to prove it <laughs> because, because he's like 30. Marty looks, you know, yeah, yeah, because Michael J. Fox looks 30 years old. Um, you know, I'm reminded there's this moment, and we're bringing it up a lot uh, this this season, um, and, th and that's no accident, but I'm kind of, I'm reminded of that scene in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince where uh, where Dumbledore says to Harry, you know, like, I, you're, you're unfailingly kind. And that's like that. That's a trait that not a lot of people really put stock into. And I think that might be the key to Marty's relationship with Doc is I think he just he has so much patience for him. Uh huh. And mm -hmm. like he's never like shut up, old man. You know what I mean? It's always like yeah. okay, yep, yeah, all right, let's you know. And right. that might be why he's the only human. Well, the only the only human at this point that's been able to like. Stay with him for this long, you know? Right. Yeah. Definitely. And and I I just I really like this uh codependency that these two characters kind of have. Because it's not it's not uh, it's not to the detriment of either one of them. It's just 
they kind of need each other to be whole people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and because they're, they're both like missing elements. And so, you know, the doc is just, I, I just, I love that doc is reading, read this letter and he read specifically that very uh, heartfelt ending. And, you know, he, he, he's, getting choked up reading something that he wrote. It's kind of like, it's like that, it's like that, um, that, uh, Dr. Who episode with, uh, with, uh, with Vincent Van Gogh, like visiting the museum, the, the Vincent Van Gogh museum, uh, and seeing all of his paintings displayed and people calling him the best artist ever. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is sort of like a very minor version of that, but <laughs> it, it just, it reminds me of like, Oh, like I don't, I didn't know that I could write like that, but I'm reading myself having written like that. Yeah, I didn't know I could write anything so emotional. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, uh, I like that. I don't know. Um, and Copernicus whimpers for reasons that aren't why they're sad, because he's a dog. Where is, where is Doc getting these amazing dogs he's owned? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I, he breeds them. Maybe. <laughs> You know, no, I mean, I will, we'll, 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 we'll get into this uh, in a few seconds or minutes, whatever. But I, I would argue that this is the minute where I think this is Copernicus's strongest minute yet in the trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, it just keeps getting stronger. He just keeps getting better. Yeah. Because better like, better. Cause yeah. I, I mean, I mean we'll, we'll be on up until this point. He's kind of like bitch Einstein. Like he's sort of like, right. <laughs> like not Einstein. Like, oh, it's not right. Einstein. But this is when you're like, oh, Copernicus is like an equally awesome dog in like the canon of yeah. Fallen. Yeah, he's like a little terrier, and then Einstein is like a like a big fluffy dog. That's yeah. true. You know, he he he. Uh, I, I I know we've talked about this before, but Doc Doc Brown he likes the mutts. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He does in humans and dogs. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. I uh, I just I I think Copernicus is great and and uh, Einstein's great and whatever Doc does to train these dogs, um, hopefully it's not painful. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say it might be like a surgical implant or something. Yeah, like yeah. Do you think like he invents something to like make these dogs like this? Maybe. I don't know. You think at uh, some point his ultimate goal is to have a dog assistant that. Can talk do you think that's like his end game oh yeah gotta be yeah. gotta be i'm sure the whole uh it would have been his next invention after the time machine and his whole excursion to 1885 kind of uh kind of uh stuck a fork in that but mm-hmm. yeah um i think definitely he wants that dog yeah. to talk and i think he's close too and i'll i'll expand on that in one of the the upcoming minutes Okay. <laughs> Do you looking forward to that? It's kind of well. Never mind. Never mind. We, we, we don't need to talk about eighteen eighty six talk yet. Yeah. No. No. Not yet. Eighty five. Eighty five. I'm loving that. I'm loving that saxophone being in the frame. I know. <laughs> saxophone king of uh, Hill Valley. Uh, okay. So this 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 line kind of threw me. Marty says. Marty kind of blames himself. He's like, it's all my fault that you're stuck in 1885. I never should have let Biff get to me. (laughs) And you're like, oh, right. I I mean, look, I watch a lot of superhero stuff. So I've seen characters 
really stretch like credibility in yeah. trying to bend over backwards to blame themselves for things. You've watched right. five seasons of Arrow. I watched five seasons of Arrow. Yeah, I have too. I get it. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Even but this is what? Like, what do you mean you never should have let Biff get to you? How can you? How are you possibly linking that to Doc getting? struck by lightning by like the forces of nature yeah like i don't understand does, does he think that if he hadn't of i mean yeah a lot of bad stuff in marty's life is because people have called him a chicken but <laughs> I, I but that doesn't have anything to do with this because uh, yeah yeah because two two things so like okay i never should have let biff get to me True. Is he talk? Okay, true. But <laughs> yep. in, in reference to in reference to what he's talking about, if we're looking at Back to the Future Part Two, mm. and he's saying I never should have let Biff get to me. Is he, he like Biff just stole the almanac? The almanac doesn't have anything to do with Biff calling him chicken or anything like that. And every time that he interacted with Biff. In the past, he was trying to get the almanac back. So, like, I just don't understand where this connection comes from. Unless this is the, and this is my theory. Unless this is a line that was left in the script from the version of the script that we read last season, where Biff and Marty had that conversation where Biff talked about how much a loser Marty is and his family is and how poor they are and how much they need money. And that was the reason that Marty stole the almanac. But that doesn't happen in the movie. Right. Like it's kind of just like a passing thing because uh, uh, Biff is interrupted or yeah, old elderly Biff in 2015 is interrupted by Griff before he can get into the nuances of just how poor Marty is. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so is this like a line that just no one caught and Michael J. Fox is just saying it because it's in the script, but like didn't bother like trying to figure out what it meant or why? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know about that alternative alternative script, but that's kind of sounds like the best ex explanation for this. Yeah. See, when I heard that line, I because I, I I had to do some, I had to rewind a little bit and be like, well, what is he talking about? And in my mind, it's kind of. Do you remember that moment in part two where um, he's about to? We're like, it's right after, um, it's right after they run into part one, Marty. When he like opens the door and like hits him on the head, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. I, is that is he referring to that? Because wasn't remember he was supposed to meet Doc at a different place, but then he got caught up in Biff's, you know, macho things. That's what I thought he was referring to. Oh, right. Again, I don't know why yeah, that he calls him a chicken, and then he and he gets the door slammed in his face. Right? Well, but but that isn't necessarily. I mean, I guess you could blame that, but you he could have easily just uh, just as easily blamed himself for sticking around and watching his parents right through the window. Oh, I'm I'm agreeing with you that it's a weird line. I just think that's what 
that's what Bob Gale slash Marty was referring to with that line. Oh, I agree. It's a weird line. Also, uh, I, I, I'm just noticing this now. If you pause it around 28 seconds in, there's a really weird little wooden horse on Doc's bookshelf. Is there? Yeah, there's like a weird little wooden horse. And <laughs> it looks. Like I mean, they're all about the foreshadowing with like Western stuff. Yeah. Anyway, just weird. Uh, a lot of a lot of foreshadowing in this movie. And if you want to get more, and in part two, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's that great little line where uh, where Doc says, "Oh, Marty, shut up! You know you're lucky. I we're lucky. I ended up in the Wild West. I could have been in the Middle Ages. I would have been branded a heretic." And then Mark, Michael J. Fox is a great little. Yeah, it's kind of right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but but I, I I'm just like, does does Doc not understand how? Does 1955 Doc not understand how the DeLorean works? Because no, no, he wouldn't have ended up in the Dark Ages because. That's not – they're in California. Right. He would have just ended up in like the what, – what was California then? Was it woods or was it desert? It was just all uh, Comanche. All the above kind of. Yeah. C- Comanche? Yeah, land. Is that, the, is that the right Native Americans? Oh, Native I mean – no, no. I mean I'd be, oh. I'd be so surprised if I was right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, or, was no, it, or would it be Mexico? Would it, would it be? No, it wouldn't be Mexico in the 1200s. What am I talking? Never mind. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the they, well, maybe he doesn't comment. really understand that it can't go. It can't just like take you to a place that you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the fastest way to do that, if, if you needed a reason you would uh, to to have the DeLorean go to like another country or something. Yeah, you would go to the future and then take the to take the uh, expressway, this express skyway mm-hmm. that we talked about. That's like kind of like a remember there was like that expressway to London, um, right. where presumably you could probably drive like a thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You take that and then. Once you got to London or wherever you were wanting to be, then you would then you would, you know, turn on the flux capacitor and go. Wait, hang on, yeah. I'm 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 confused, guys. When was that mentioned? An expressway to London? Yeah, that was in uh, that was in part two during during the opening, right around actually now in part two. Was it like a passing like like, like a visual joke or did something? Yeah, it was a visual thing. Yeah, when we were talking about how the skyways work, there were. There were uh, there's the Skyway, and then there were exits to expressways that were like straight shots to particular cities, and so it was like it was like you took the expressway, and it was like Las Vegas, Chicago, New York, London. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that in 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 this version of of 2015, does that mean that we've we've we no longer need like airplanes? Yeah, I think so. Because, like, why would you fly a plane if you can just drive your car right. to anywhere? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of the point. Is that's, that cr- that's crazy. No more planes. Not a thing anymore. I think the closest thing to a plane would be like an Uber, right? Yeah, yeah, like an Uber pool. Yeah, you do cool. like an like an Uber pool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take an Uber to New York. <laughs> yeah, I hate Uber pooling in New York. Well, they just uh, Branson, I guess, just. Uh, Develop that plane that goes from New York to London in like three hours or three and a half hours or something. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're getting there. 
We're getting there. You know what's really weird? Um, to talk about, uh, it, it, it's so weird. Uh, so there was this headline that um, that uh, Donald Trump wants to like defund NASA's like climate experiments. You know, but and I was like, what the heck is this about? So I read that because it's a very scary headline, and it's true that he does, but. It's because he wants to, and who knows what, who knows what that man, but he said that it's because he wants to, he wants NASA to redirect their energy and their priorities to the stars. To space. All right. So I don't know, but it could be, maybe we could see some huge transportation, uh, leaps in the next four years i mean who i mean i'm not saying we're gonna have any space travel by 2020 but but maybe time travel yeah maybe time travel <laughs> yeah um, um so uh so yeah i don't i don't think he has uh i mean unless the the whatever native americans were living in in uh california in the 1200s unless they burned him at the stake for being a heretic i don't i don't think uh I don't think he had anything to worry about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Man, was, how long were the Aztecs? And see, this is what Scott and I were talking about 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 uh, about history, last, history education in America, Mike. Like, there's no sense of symmetry. It's like you learn things as if it was the only thing happening in the world, you know, right. while you were learning it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So like I, I I don't know what was going on. I know what was going on in England because that's what the curriculum was focused towards. Mm-hmm. No idea what was going on in like Baghdad or well, and and I mean specifically if we're talking about American or you know North American continental yeah. history uh, prior to the discovery of America, I mean it's all guesswork anyway, isn't it? I mean it's yeah. scientific guesses, it's hi- hypotheses, yeah, but kind of, yeah, the, I mean the, the the Spanish and, and the Americans didn't really take the time to be like, hey, what well, what's your guys' history before we right eradicate? Because when did when did the Vikings find America? Because they're like technically the first people to find America, right? Oh, Leif right. Erikson, yeah. What's that? Leif Erikson, right? Yeah. When was that? Oh man! So maybe that was around the Dark Age. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this real quick. Okay. <laughs> um, we have well, to know now. Yeah, Mike, you've been living in California for a while. How far back does your California history go? I mean, to put you on the spot, <laughs> like to the three years ago when I moved here. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I can tell you that my, my donut shop closed, but that's about it. Yeah, you gotta know. You you must know a lot more about New York history. Yeah, yeah I do. I will yeah. call this place Silver Lake. <laughs> um okay so leap erickson was born in 970 um Ooh. and he discovered apparently he discovered america and he died in oh wow he died really young he died in 1020 okay so, so that sounds about right for that time period yeah <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. It's like 50 that's that's, I mean, I mean, like that's, a, that's a nice like long life yeah, it's a nice long life. So yeah, so apparently he discovered Vineland, which is okay. His weird name for America. Uh, oh wait, so so if it was Vineland, I assume it's because there was lots of vines, which tells me that he showed up on the west coast or like the south coast, yeah. like Florida or Vineland. Yeah, something like that, right? 
Here we go. The uh, so they discovered in the t- in the 1650s they discovered that Norsemen had reached America about 500 years before Christopher Columbus. Uh, later archaeological evidence suggests that Vineland may have been the areas around the Gulf of St. Lawrence. And um, yeah, this is not ne- necessarily contradict the identification of America, since the two sagas appear to describe Vineland as a wider region, which included several sediments. The saga of Eric the Red, guys, is what I used for uh, references now. Uh, yeah, so, you know, maybe Doc would have uh, run into Vikings. That could be fun. Oh, that's yeah. a fun cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, maybe they should have done that in the cartoon. Yeah. Did they ever meet Vikings in the cartoon? I'm sure they did. They met everyone in the cartoon. We just know that one of them was one. One of them was a tannin. Yeah, yeah. It, what, it, I mean, definitely a tannin Viking. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a no brainer. That's that's not even debatable. Um, so then, uh, you know, we've been talking. We've talked a, a, cu- a couple of times about how good the editing is in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and we get it again where. Uh, where Doc says we may have to blast, and then we directly cut to them to blasting the uh, the mine open. Yeah, it's a, it's an almost like proto Edgar Wright cut. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's good. It's good. I wonder it just, if Doc... it wastes no time. It's really clean. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Doc made his own yeah. dynamite. Um, or just loving Doc's bought. overalls. Or I'm loving. Coveralls. I'm loving Marty's. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really loving Marty's like my own private Idaho jacket. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's it's borrowed, so it's like way too big for him. Well, everything's too yeah. big for him. Yeah, because it's it's, it's obviously Doc's coat, so he kind of looks. He's kind of got like a like he's kind of there, there's two things going on. The way that because of the way that Marty walks. Uh, it makes me, it reminds me of those dudes from that Buffy episode, uh, Hush, where like the, 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 there's the gentleman and then there's like their little lackeys in the, in the, uh, straight jackets who like run around behind uh, them. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what he looks like. Cause he's got like the sleeves are kind of dragging or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the other thing that it reminds me of is like. Uh, like a like a good old boy giving his jacket to his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, I see a lot of that you know, in from, Indiana. From behind, I guess Marty kind of looks like a young like Holly Hunter, like circa like raising Arizona. <laughs> so then, so then Marty says, "I I think that blast was so loud you might have woken up the dead." Or was loud enough to wake up the dead. And I, I just, what a weird thing to say. Like, I mean, I know it was loud, but you're in a graveyard. Like, why would you say that? It's a pun, Scott. Yeah, I think that's why he says it. Yeah. I know, but isn't that, like, kind of disrespectful? I don't know. Well, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a teenager. I guess that's true. He doesn't think he's going to, he doesn't think he's going to die ever. Yeah. <laughs> They're made to be and, disrespectful teenagers. <laughs> And these these movies have done nothing if not confirm <laughs> yes. his theory that he will never die. Doc, I've been thinking about it. I don't think I can die now. <laughs> I keep coming back to this one inescapable moment. <laughs> uh, and then we we cut to uh, Copernicus's, Copernicus's cute little mining helmet. 
Yeah. Arguably um, the greatest shot in the trilogy so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I so I've I have questions about this. So Oh, I have nothing but questions. Is this a spare mining helmet or is this something that Doc made especially for Einstein? And if he did, did he make it before now and it was just lying around waiting for this to happen? <laughs> or did he make it specifically for this mission? I like to think and also, and also side question, why isn't the light on? <laughs> is it not on? Mike, you, you no, it's not on. No, if Copernicus is leading the way, I feel like his light should be on. So that's a lot to unpack. Mike, do you want to start? <laughs> I like I want to I want to believe that Doc had made it a while ago and was waiting for the moment and then when this happened it's like finally I can finally yeah. use that tiny mining helmet that I made for Copernicus. I want to see <laughs> the scene of him taking out the helmets being like, "Yeah, hey, we need these to see in the cave." It's like, "Why is there three? Oh, for Copernicus." <laughs> what? Yeah, well, it's also if you pause it on Copernicus in the mining helmet and you look at the helmet, I don't even think it's a helmet. I think it's like the cup part of a lamp that's just on his head mm. with the light on the outside. It definitely has a little strap to keep it on his tiny head. Right. Yeah. It doesn't look it's not shaped like a helmet, though. Because it's too like it's not like head shaped it's just yeah. it's like a measuring yeah, bowl or something right right yeah like a mixing bowl or, yeah, yeah. yeah right i tried to get um like a flashed flashlight like duct tape to it and then there's like that little wire and i don't know what the wire's doing because i i presume that the batteries are attached to that box that the light is attached to so i don't know what the wire's doing maybe the light was scaring the dog so they had to turn it off Oh, <laughs> like like every time they turn the light on, like the dog just chased the light. Yeah, maybe it and just ran in through the cave, <laughs> through the mining caves. This is like their seventh Copernicus before they. <laughs> no, no, we lost another one. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen that uh, that SNL sketch for Tracy Morgan uh, about about rocket dogs? No, it's. It's um, it's like it's like one of those like Roger Ebert at the movies things where it's like Kristen Wiig and he's talking to Tracy Morgan, who's like a, the director. And he's like, I'm a rocket dog. And like it's his, <laughs> it's his movie where it's just Andy Samberg and like a, a, a real golden retriever with like a giant firecracker attached to his back. <laughs> he's like, you did it, boy. You're a rocket dog. Rockets away. And then it cuts to like an in memoriam with a picture of the dog. <laughs> And yeah, we have to use a lot of dogs. And like the next one is like, it's like a totally different dog with a different rocket. And the joke is they just keep using actual rockets on these rocket dogs. <laughs> oh, and, and every time they cut to the Immemorian page, they play life is a highway. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, I I love I love that little Copernicus helmet. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. I love that he's leading the way. I think that's the best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wish the I just wish the light was on. Mm-hmm. If he's gonna be a big brave dog and lead the way, he's a big brave he should, dog. 
I think you should. I think you should uh, lead it with a with a light on. Um, but uh, what if you had a little cigarette? I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like the light is on. Is it? It's just not as bright as their lights. That's that's true. We don't know for sure. It's a, there's no there's no beam coming out that yeah. I can see. Maybe that's it. No, because it's it's not. It doesn't have a cap on it. Like the the light doesn't have a cap on it. It's just a. It's just a light bulb in a thing because you can see it in the scene earlier because uh, Doc is handing it to Marty, mm. and it's just like an open, just an open thing with a bulb in it. No, he does. I thought he was handing him a camera. Is that what he yeah, was handing? That, yeah, he hands the camera and tells him he wants to document the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay, that's a camera. Okay, so is that? I don't know. Sometimes it looks like it could be on from different certain angles, but then other times it doesn't look like it is at all. But I don't know. I can't I, tell if it's reflections that are going on in there or if it's, uh, you know, if it's I, a, wait, does, oh my God, his mining, his mining cap has like a bill on it. Like a baseball oh, cap. Yeah, it, it's a little, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little sideways. Yeah, it's a well. It's like it's like a little yeah. It's a little oh, baseball yeah. cap with the with the strap. Oh, this gets better every second. <laughs> and a flashlight taped to the top. <laughs> oh, that's magical. Um, without thinking about it, what's the best kind of hat you could ever imagine for a dog? Mine is the Jay Garrick flash helmet. <laughs> uh, I would say a beekeeper's hat. Nice. Oh man. That's good. <laughs> Scott? Um, Yamaka. Yes, that nice. wins. Cool. <laughs> uh, he's one of the chosen dogs. <laughs> uh, so then, so then I just, I love how proud Zemeckis is of this dog wearing this mining cap because he holds on this shot for so long. <laughs> he's probably anticipating a pretty big response from the crowd. Yeah. Let's see. So it's 52 seconds to 57 seconds. So it's like five full seconds of Copernicus in that mining cap making his way through this mine. You think it got like an applause break? When, oh, it had to have. Definitely. Must have. I, re um, I remember um, the weirdest applause break I've ever seen in a movie or experienced in a movie was uh, the first time I went to go see Despicable Me 2. Well, not the first. The only time I went to go see Despicable Me 2. Um, <laughs> when the Minions came out, <laughs> a bunch of people started clapping. Because <laughs> I think they were just so happy to see them again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> weird little beans. Um, yeah, so then, uh, so then Marty and Doc following along behind Copernicus. Doc... Uh, Doc says that this reminds him of the time he attempted to reach the center of the earth, uh, which reminds me a lot of the line from Ghostbusters where uh, Egon, Egon and Bankman are talking about that time he stopped Egon from drilling a hole in his head. Yeah. <laughs> he says that would have worked if you would have to stop me. Uh, that's what, I don't know why that line reminds me of that, but it's just so absurd. The idea of trying to get to the center of the earth uh, reminds me of trying to drill a hole in your, in your head to reach enlightenment. That it's well, the best part about that line is that sounds like what a child does on like during recess. 
Well, and and we'll find out in the next minute that he was a child. He was 12. Oh, okay. Because I like to imagine, like, last week. <laughs> right. That's what the mining hats were for. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You got him ready to go. Yeah. The, P- the yeah. Peabody's are like, well, there it goes. They were planning on leaving for, uh, for to, to go do this. Uh, and then uh, Doc uh, slipped on the toilet and hit his head. And History was lear- made. Quite yeah, history was made. Quite literally. Yeah. Man, this is only uh, Monday. Yeah, I know. Uh, you got a good week, Mike. Yeah, it feels that way. It's a good week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got. Uh, Mike, you have anything to plug or anything like that? Do you know when Vice Principals is coming back? I don't. I mean, it'll be probably... I mean, next year sometime. Like the summer, right? Time it aired before. When August did it air before? Was it like May-ish? No, it was like August, I feel like. Yeah, it was like, August. It was, oh, it was wow. like the late. It was like the late summer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, anything else to plug or anything? No, I don't think so. No? All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 12. Talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye. Bye.